BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by the Chicago Reader and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. For the last couple of days, we've been talking about uh, the police raid on Anjanette Young's home where they uh, burst into her house. It was not the right house. She was naked. They handcuffed her. They humiliated her. Uh, it's a huge embarrassment. And then the city fought uh, the uh, fought from uh, being having forced to release the video fought Channel 2, fought uh, Ann Jeanette's lawyers. Anyway, this is the big story of the day. We got Byron Cisha Lopez uh, ready to talk about it. I just want to say one thing. I got this um, update from Pat Whalen, our dear friend Pat Whalen. Gregory Pratt, who has uh, done an outstanding job for the Chicago Tribune covering of this, was asking tough questions of the mayor, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the other day, and she ripped them and said he was inaccurate and he should know the facts or whatever. Uh, well, the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, issued an apology at today's press conference, she said, quote, I, I want to just say that I specifically reached out to the reporter. I was particularly tough on by name yesterday and apologize for calling him out. I can never let my frustrations and emotions get the better of me. And I think I did yesterday. And Gregory Pratt wrote, apology accepted and must appreciate it. And that brings me to my next guest, Alderman Byron Sixel Lopez, the pride and joy of the 25th Ward uh, in the city of Chicago, 25th Ward, home to Chinatown, Pilsen. Uh, one of these days, Byron, we're going to have when this when this uh, pandemic has passed, we're going to make good on our promise. You, me and Laureen Targos, a frequent guest on our show and your wife, go to Chinatown, do the remote from Chinatown. I've not forgotten that. Right, Byron? I, I'm going to hold you to it because definitely we're looking, you know, uh, looking forward to that. And thank you again for the invitation, Ben. Yes, uh, absolutely. A lot of love for Chinatown. And it took a beating and has taken a beating um, because of the pandemic. All right, let's get down to what happened, what went down in the city council yesterday. Uh, we've talked about it already, but why don't you uh, give your account of what you did and the mayor's response? Go ahead, Byron. Yeah, no, well, uh, thank you. And I think it's important because, you know, not everything was uh, reported, you know, uh, as it happened, there was a vote um, on um, uh, on the settlements, and unfortunately, countless settlements that we get every council meeting. I think eighty eighty eight hundred thousand uh, dollars. We have had convers uh, on the three settlements that we we paid because of police misconduct. I mean that terrible practice where taxpayers have to pay. I mean, just last year, one hundred seven million dollars. The last ten years. Um, almost, you know, $800 million, I believe, almost a billion dollars in police misconduct cases. Uh, so there was a case of uh, the, the teenager that was dragged and the, um, uh, 
the Howard versus the city of Chicago, uh, where the city was uh, settling this case for, for $300,000. Alderman um, Haddon uh, had made a comment uh, on the case and why she was, and rightly so, I mean, we had a conversation beforehand with the Progressive Caucus members, and some of us decided to, to vote no uh, on this settlement um, because we, we believe that we cannot continue to put you know, throw money at, at these at these cases, uh, and, and really not address the systemic issue of police uh, brutality and misconduct. Um, Maria uh, Alderman Haddon, you know, voted the way that um, that her consciousness uh, dictated. She expressed that you know, in this kind of case, reviewing the facts, that she believes that the the uh, um, the victim could have probably do better in trial, and that the city should be more accountable because of the policies of the SROs, which. We all have condemned uh, having um, uh, more police presence in our schools and with the consequences and the, and the fiscal irresponsibility that it represents. The mayor, as is characteristic of her, uh, every time that there's uh, any disagreements, uh, basically snapped at uh, Alderman Haddon, which was, you know, I think making a very good case. I had just before that um, made my vote also as a no vote in this matter and following uh, Alderman Haddon's um um, comments, uh, which I agree. Uh, and when I saw uh, Mayor Lightfoot basically pushing and, and, and also um, dismissing Alderman Haddon's question, uh, comments and doubling down on how her law department, you know, has, uh, you know, does uh, as a wonderful job and how the law department did the due diligence and that they cannot um, force plaintiffs to 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 come to agreements that this is an agreement that was done by both parts. It, to me, it was not only the fact that she was so dismissive and aggressive to Alderman Haddon, but also the fact that she, I mean, to me, it was like, didn't you see the, the, the news the, day, the night before? Do you understand what you're talking about? So to me, it was just, uh, you know, I mean, she has the right to comment. I have my right to comment. And I thought it was appropriate for us to discuss the issues of the law department now, and as, as she, after after she said that that I, according to her, I, I did not know the facts. I mean, I was just watching the press conference uh, that she had not only yesterday but another one today, which they still cannot really explain exactly what happened. It seems like all, uh, Mayor Lightfoot doesn't under, doesn't seem to know the facts, uh, but yet was very very confident on the floor that she knew all the facts. Uh, now she's uh, backing or backtracking on some of those comments. Uh, I mean, the fact that apparently she did not know that uh, 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 Ms. Young had filed a FOIA, that she had to file the FOIA, and that apparently, according to her, she did not know. Now, apparently, in the in the news this um, uh, today, apparently she did not remember that someone told her about this in November. Um, so there's just so many inconsistencies. It was my comments uh, were very factual in the sense that. You know, it is, uh, and you know, to the public, important to know exactly what happened from the mayor of the city. When she instructs in the press conference, she said, my law department, she is very, you know, very quick to react when there, when there are issues. But all of a sudden, she, she, she seemed to not to be attending the FOIA meetings. She seemed like she was not even uh, aware of anything until, the, until she saw in the media. So it was obvious for us important to state the facts. And the fact is that the public deserves an explanation that we have, that we want uh, the mayor to come to a public uh, safety committee to explain the facts in detail and with evidence, 
and that this policy of of of, of doubling down and threatening a, a victim uh, as Ms. Young after we saw the terrific, the the horrible images, to me it was it was uh, it was not acceptable, and we needed to challenge that on the floor. Now, I, I'm not aware of the press conference today, uh, Byron. I have to tell you, we've been on the air. So we've been on the air while she's been having the press conference. I'm sure we'll be talking about it at length tomorrow. Uh, but it seems as though uh, she's backtracking from this statement that she released. Uh, I've been having, I've been reading this one for two days. This is a press statement that uh, was sent out uh, Tuesday night by the mayor's office, and it's quoting the mayor, literally quoting the mayor. So it's coming from her mouth. Today, this is Tuesday night, as I speak to you, Byron, it's Thursday. Today, I became aware of an incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young from from February 2019 before I became mayor, and I saw a video today for the first time. I had no knowledge of either until today. I had a very emotional reaction to what was depicted on the video, as I imagine that many people did. But since this matter is the subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I will have no further comment. Well, we can pick apart this statement all day. Uh, So is she now saying that she was aware of the incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young, that she was in fact wrong just two days ago when she said she was unaware of the incident? Is she now saying she was aware of it, Byron? Well, that's what we, we understand. I mean, even and I, I just got a report from my policy team that apparently now she said that at some point in November uh, she was uh, uh, informed, but she doesn't remember. Um, then the, you know she said that she everything that she found out was from the uh, from the press, you know, uh, and uh, in in the media reports, which I found problematic. Either way, that's the way that. And apparently, according to Mayor Lightfoot, she was. Also, the person who apparently have created a lot of these uh, uh, policies in place for the raids and and uh, in, in 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 these situations and and that she has been and I think she pretty, felt pretty confident that the the control systems as she calls them were very solid. Mm. I mean, how can anybody says that this was a so that their control systems are solid? I mean, the, I mean. To me is, I mean, after she's seen that she watched the video, but then she makes a statement like that, then she has to, again, uh, make another uh, statement. To me, the inconsistencies and to me, the, the the backtracking in a case like this, after what we saw what happened, you know, um, not, not too long ago with the Lacroix McDonald case and the cover-up and the shame and the national shame that that was, you know, and, and I think to see uh, a, a similar case again, after she has campaigned to and promised you know, that there was there was going to be reform, that there was going to be a new day in the city. Where is the light and where, where, where's the new day? I mean, yeah. we have seen this time after time. And the fact that she has not reprimanded, because I think that there has to be uh, sanctions in, in this, in, in anybody who was involved in, in this situation to try to double down. Imagine the, the atrocity that is to try to intimidate the victim after the traumatic experience of being invaded in her own home illegally. Yeah. And then for the city to have the audacity and the law department, a law department that I have questioned in hearings. I have questioned the law department because they have to respect the law. They have to make sure that they do not use the law to intimidate and to threaten victims like Ms. Young. It's, to me, is atrocious what happened. And then they start backtracking. And apparently now they're no longer pursuing um, the threat that, that that almost uh, pretended to, or, or the intention was to block that video to go to the media. Uh, and, and again, I think to me, the facts have to be clear 
I think that it's very clear, so clear that we need a, a hearing on this specific matter in community, but ultimately the mayor Lightfoot has campaigned on, 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 on campaigned to have police accountability reform within her first hundred days in office. I mean, almost two years later, where is the reform? All right, let me play devil's advocate with you a little bit, get your response to this. Mm-hmm. The law, law department, I said this earlier in the show uh, before you came on, the law department's job is to minimize the amount of money Chicago has to pay in cases like this. So their job, the lawyer's job, is to undercut uh, the plaintiff. In this case, to do everything they can to discredit the case of Ann uh, Jeanette Young. Now look, from the perspective of a citizen who wants justice served, that's a complete contradiction. But that's the law department's job. And Lori Lightfoot, her career, she's a corporate lawyer. She's a defense lawyer. And sometimes Byron Sixer Lopez, I think Lori Lightfoot thinks like a corporate lawyer. And she thinks of someone like Anjanette Young as a pain in the neck to the city of Chicago. And so you use legal tactics that corporate law lawyers do to undercut the case that their clients uh, have been hit with. And that means restrict the flow of information that would bolster the case, in this case, a video. Keep that video from being released. Uh, Sort of trivialize the matter. And in the hopes that they'll cut a deal with the lawyer They'll settle for less. It'll never go to trial. And then they're going to turn to you, Byron Sixer Lopez, and the other members of the Chicago City Council and say, shut up, pass this settlement, don't ask questions. And then there's no consequences for police uh, going forward. That's my response to this. What do you think? Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that goes back to that session that we had yesterday, right? So when time after time you see these modus operandi that the city has, and then the mayor wants to go, well, just be quiet, right? You don't know the facts, right? We'll say, well, let's, let's, let's dissect this. Let's look at the facts. Then. And you're absolutely right. If the law department did not brief the mayor on this matter, right? And she as a, as a former prosecutor and, 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 a, and now mayor of the city should know this. Very problematic if the law department did not prefer about this. But again, if she now is saying now, and again, and I got to review the, and I will look at the press conference very carefully because, you know, as an attorney, I think she's very careful in the language and what she says. But if now that she's saying that she was actually informed at some point in November, right? And maybe for whatever reason, she didn't take action. Now what is problematic is that she is not being truthful about her knowing or not. I mean, that's a fundamental uh, question here. How much did the mayor know? And she, she said it publicly that she found out in the media. Now she's saying that perhaps it was a meeting in November. Again, this is a fundamental way for us to make sure that this never happens again. You know, we sound with like one McDonald. We, I mean, people in Chicago has been fed up and said, look, this can never happen again you know, cover-ups or of this kind of uh, um, deception to the public. And now we see a case like this. Now, if the mayor of the city of Chicago has not been honest with the public and she has acted and instructed her law department to act and to solve, as she has said in her own words, this case, then that's not what she said yesterday. And I think that we have to hold the public officials accountable to their word and their actions, and you're right, if the law department had 
That's how they do it. Then she has to be honest and say that she was the one instructing this mm-hmm. or not. And I think that's what we're calling on a public hearing because the, the public needs to know what was the approach of the mayor of the city of Chicago because ultimately the, the bucket stops with her. She is the one who has to make uh, these, these decisions. And if she didn't know or did she know, no, I think both are very problematic. But I do think the public deserves to know the truth. No, the reality is, is when you're a corporate lawyer defending your client who's been accused of something wrong, you have to harden your heart to the accusation that's made. You have to tell yourself, I don't care. My job is to protect the pocketbook of my client. And that's what Lori Lightfoot's law department was acting as. But as mayor of the city of Chicago, as the mayor who ran on a platform, Byron, of cracking down on police abuse, she has to at least pretend that she cares if the police raid the wrong house, uh, handcuff a naked woman, keep her handcuffed, even after it becomes obvious that they've raided the wrong house. Okay, so it's two. It's a conflict. She has to, one, have a hard heart to what went down so that she can minimize the amount of money that the city pays. And two, she has to at least pretend she cares. It took her like two days before she got to the pretend she cares part. Do you get what I'm saying? That's right. It took her two days. I mean, honestly, for someone who apparently knows the facts very well, you know, according to her, you know, it took her quite a bit of time. But I I think, you know, to your point, you know, I I do think that what what I think to us is a much better solution. I think that for those who really are trying to honor their campaign promises is that we need police accountability. We We need a bill. On police accountability, we need changes. These FOIA fights, and we saw the same thing under the Lacroix-McTolo case, they have to be eliminated. We cannot continue. Apparently now, after two days, I think she's starting to get the message that these kind of FOIA fights of people who have been victims of this kind of uh, shameful tactics and practices have to be disclosed to the public so that this doesn't happen again. But we do need a police accountability bill. We need that, you know, the Civilian Police Accountability Council uh, ordinance to be uh, in committee. And to have a hearing on this matter will be important for the people of Chicago to guarantee that this will never happen again. I mean, this could be anybody. It could happen to anyone. And, you know, we cannot allow it in our communities to have this kind of traumatic. I mean, we have enough issues, you know, to see something like this. I mean, to me, it was uh, unacceptable. It was really heartbreaking. I mean, just when I saw it and, and the dismissal in the council on the floor, to me, it's just something just, which is, we just cannot accept. Now, Byron, I have to ask you this. This is not the first time uh, you've borne the brunt of the mayor's wrath. Uh, and actually, you were on the show in the old, when we were actually in the studio pre-pandemic. I remember literally right after another one of these incidents, you, you by chance happened to be on the show. Um, so what's it like, you know, to be an alderman and the mayor of Chicago turns on you that way? Uh, like what, what, what's going through your head? What are you thinking? Like, what's the appropriate response? Uh, what's going on internally when you're confronting that in a moment that's being recorded for everybody to see? I think, you know, in, in, in my mind always, you know, is, is, uh, uh, you know, is what, what is the right thing to do in this, in this situation? What, what are our constituents, you know, and then, you know, that we represent the people who represent people who trusted us in this position to do the right thing, to speak the to, to speak the truth, to speak on the issues that affect them. And to me, that was, you know, important, you know, that every time that, you know, and I heard I mean, everybody that I knew was asking about this case. So we came to the floor, you know, and again, you know, the item wasn't, it wasn't on the agenda, you know, I think the mayor uh, in, in a way after, you know, again, when turns into an alderman for, 
having a different opinion, I think she made it an agenda item. And, and I think it was important for us to represent what everybody wanted to ask. And I think we've seen that this is not the first time we win a disagreement, like you said, in, you know, the landmark, you know, um, the landmark was another issue where we disagree. And, you know, another thing that, I mean, because, you know, they, they, she doesn't see an issue with displacement, despite the, despite the rhetoric. She was the same mayor that was, you know, early last year, recruiting developers in New York, asking them to come uh, to our communities, you know, and then, uh, basically, when when she was asked and confronted by a reporter, you know about you know the the issues that we have in the community, you know, and how people in Pilsen, for instance, will react, you know, I mean she, I mean these are prob- comments that she has made. Um, Mayor Lightfoot has said, you know, that communities like Pilsen, I mean, this is public record, you know, there are people who communities that nobody wanted to be around only ten years ago, and that now you know she's working to make them better. I mean, that to me is insulting. To me, it was wrong. So, and then when I challenged those remarks, because I run in that campaign to make sure that we have, you know, a different approach. We have 23 years of corruption using the same excuses. And then, you know, I have to justify the same thing just because the mayor of the city, uh, you know, <laughs> believes in that. No, we, I represent my constituents. So when I, you know, and I have commented back, because I think that's the right thing to do, represent the best interests of my uh, constituents, you know, she's the threats that we see, you know, to the block caucus, the threats and and and, and the, the reaction that she sees and the reaction to this to, to, to Ms. Young is 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 what we continue to see. Someone who threats, who doubles down, who has a you know, who doesn't have empathy for people, the people who are suffering in a pandemic, who are being displaced, who are losing their homes, who are being evicted. Those are the people that we represent. So yes, you know, to me it's like I you know, we cannot be afraid. Of this, I'm afraid of people dying. I'm scared of more of my of my constituents, you know, getting sick. You know, that I'm concerned about that. But to be afraid of someone who is trying to intimidate our community and trying to to threat is like, look, you know, we've seen ma- threats of corruption. You know, the the inhumanity that we saw even in the Trump administration. We cannot, you know, operate on fear. I, you know, we operate on principle to make sure that our residents, our constituents, you know, can have a better community for the kids, for the families, for the seniors, for the people, for the homeless people who live in, in our community. So that's what goes through our mind. And, you know, I'm glad that now I see all the aldermen stepping up and condemning this kind of behavior that is not new on the mayor. Uh, let me just say something. It just occurred to me in defense of uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She's not, uh, from time to time, she shows restraint. For instance, uh, your colleague, uh, Alderman Tom Tunney of the 44th Ward, who is chairman of the zoning committee, probably the third most powerful alderman in the city council. You could argue whether he has more power or Pat Dowell has more power, but whatever. Uh, one of the most powerful aldermen in the city council just revealed that he was operating an illegal cinnamon roll speakeasy from the back rooms of his restaurant on the north side of Chicago. And I just want to applaud Mayor Lori Lightfoot for showing tremendous restraint in regards to Tom Tunney. She, did she threaten Tom Tunney? Did she tell Tom Tunney he was out of order? Did she tell Tom Tunney to shut up and sit down? Did she tell Tom? <laughs> I know, man, he's still the chairman of the zoning committee. He's just, and you got any deal in the 25th Ward Byron Six Show, Lopez, any deal, you got to go to Tommy Tunney. Mm-hmm. So there are there are some examples, Byron, of mayoral restraint. I think you must concede that point that every now and then, and for some reason, she really likes Tom Tunney and shows restraint, right? <laughs> well, she seems to show a lot of restraint, you know, um, you know, with, with in certain uh, with certain aldermen and with, in, in certain parts of the city. But what we have seen, you know, that uh, you know, in terms of you know the the, the aldermen who are you know, represent vulnerable communities. 
uh, all the men who, you know, who represent areas who have been devastated by the pandemic, uh, devastated by corruption, like in the case of the 25th Ward, that, you know, we're supposed to see probably more alignment, right? If we're really talking about reform, if we're really talking about, um, uh, you know, improving the, 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 the livelihood of our con- constituents and really have a new day, you know, I don't know how we are out of order, but those who are not actually following the, the their own, you know, their own regulations, um, just, you know, get get really a slap on the wrist when many of us are condemned and threatening. Yeah. Uh, Byron, uh, Lorraine told me that you had to leave at 2.30. Is that correct? Yes, I have a... Uh, uh, I yeah, so I, I, yeah. I have a few. Uh, I'll ask you one last question before you go. We'll shift yeah. from the city council. Uh, I'll ask a na- uh, political, a national political question of you before you head out the door. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, Byron. Um, and that has to do with the fact you're a, a socialist. You're of the leftist persuasion, much like me. Uh, I voted for Joe Biden. I don't know who you voted for, but I voted for Joe Biden. I was very happy when he was victorious. Uh, I'm still happy that he's victorious. Uh, and I'm watching with great interest the struggle in my beloved Democratic Party between lefties like myself and the more centrist types. Where will Joe Biden head? How far to the left will he go? How far to the right will he go within the Democratic Party? I have a lot of opinions on this. I know this is the, a topic we could talk about for a long, long time. But just preliminary thoughts from you, Byron, uh, as we head in to uh, the Joe Biden administration how do you think Joe Biden is handling this tensions between the left and the center in the Democratic Party? Yeah, well, we're yet to see, right? I think it was interesting the the that you know, and I think it's good that um, uh, Rahm Emanuel didn't get the, the the nomination for Secretary of Transportation. Um, I think that you know, there's of course, you know, I think there's a model to make sure that we continue to organize so that we don't have you know these neoliberal and quite frankly these. Uh, these uh, politicians who have not done any justice to, uh, you know, our city, they have not done any justice to the places where they have served. So it's important that we look into the track record. I'm glad as well as just as much as you are that, you know, Trump was defeated. I mean, it was, a, you know, a, a nightmare. I mean, four years of continuous attack to the immigrant community, the Muslim community, the black community. You know, I think that we had so many, uh, so many issues, you know, and the, you know, the, the horrible handle of the pandemic. So I think that it's important to recognize that, of course, we're glad that that's, you know, passed, but we got to continue organizing. I do believe that the future uh, is in organizing. I think, you know, with Cory Bush, we see, you know, a, a new wave of progressives uh, with AOC and others who are coming and pushing back, you know, and I do think that the extent that we can push back and at the extent that we can hold the Biden administration accountable uh, you know, perhaps we have a, a more progressive um, administration, but you know, if we all if we all know that, and we have followed uh, the the career of um, of Joe Biden, we know that he's a centrist. We know that he's not gonna take, you know, he's not gonna change overnight. So I'm not gonna make any. You know, I don't wanna, you know, uh, have false expectations. I believe that we need to organize to hold him accountable and actually to make sure that the Democratic Party, I mean, what we continue to see in Congress. And the Senate, you know, uh, it's concerning, right, that we're not able to put a strong bills, right, that are really helping with relief, uh, you know, families, you know, that we, you know, still have a $600 check after weeks. I mean, they're just, you know, insulting to the working people. And I think the Democratic Party has got to do better. they got to, you know, stand for something or there will be, you know, at some point, you know, be very, very much, you know, um, 
very hard to distinguish, you know, between the, the, the two parties. So I do think it's important that, you know, and I think at the extent that we are able to organize and hold people accountable, we'll be able to have Medicare for all, we'll be able to have the Green New Deal, uh, we're able to make sure that we have $15 minimum wage, you know, and I think that this this pandemic has exposed the failures and inequality, the racism and the many issues that we deal with, and I hope that there are leaders on the ground and I see the people coming in, this is a time for us to get involved, people on the ground in every neighborhood, any block, every block, I think Mayor Lightfoot is starting to see that, that people are not cannot be fooled. And I think other Democrats hopefully can see the same. The people cannot be fooled. We got to start governing with integrity. We got to start governing with principles and in the best interest of the public and not big money. Because I think there's a lot, a lot there that both parties are are uh, guilty of. All right. Uh, that was quite a riff. People cannot be fooled. I'm going to have to think about that one, Byron Cisha Lopez. It seems to run counter to everything I've been led to believe, having watched Chicago politics since 1981. I think the politicians who run the city have done a very good job of fooling the people. But I'm going to be faithful that in the year 2021, for once, the people of Chicago will not be fooled. How about that, Byron? I, I think the stars are aligning. So, <laughs> And we got to fight on the ground. Byron, have a great Christmas. Happy New Year. Well, I'll see you in the next year, all right? Absolutely. Take care. All right. Thank that's, you again. That's Byron Cisha Lopez from the 25th Ward. BSL. BSL. <laughs> BSL. Yeah, come on. Wait. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Byron Cisha Lopez, the owner of the 25th Ward, for coming on the show. And he did a great job. And, of course, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all in Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as Byron will tell you, as Lori Lightfoot will tell you, as they will tell you in unison, in concert, because it's the one thing they agree on. Back home at home, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everyone. We will shut you down. We will shut you down. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. When your upgrade cycle gets renewed, when your upgrade cycle gets renewed and your old technology in your company no longer fits the needs, of your employees, you can donate it. We will shut you down. We will shut you down. We will shut you down.